Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. At what stage of school will a kid need to move to a Mac? And I think for the most part, the question is going to be never. There isn't like a huge limit on what the iPad can do. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. In today's episode, I have a chat with Jonathan Kim, who recently published an article on Medium entitled, Can a Laptop Really Replace Your iPad? The conversation, I think, provides an interesting vantage point from someone who has been a Mac user, but now with the Pro features being found in the iPad Air, is giving the iPad a shot. Before getting to the interview, I want to share something that I've been reluctant to share on the podcast. In March, my day job was eliminated, and I'm still searching for a new job. I wanted to share this news to give everyone some context for the Patreon. Every dollar really does go a long way and is of huge help. As a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to the episodes, and then depending on your tier of support, you'll get one or two additional shows. One of the shows is the director's commentary re-release of the iPad Possibilities podcast, a podcast I ran the first few years the iPad was released. For this re-release, I'm adding in some commentary to start each episode to contextualize the information shared in that episode and how it relates to the iPad world that we live in today. The other podcast is a brand new show entitled iPad Historia. In the first episode, I poured over all of the rumors and speculations surrounding the iPad prior to release and put all of that information in a nice timeline and discussed the rumors and how right or wrong they were. In some cases, some rumors did take years to come to fruition. The following episodes will continue to follow the iPad down its evolution and take a fresh look at the iPad's history in light of iPad OS and the iPad world we live in today. You can find the Patreon at patreon.com slash iPadPros. That's patreon.com slash iPadPros. Whatever support you can provide would be greatly appreciated. With that said, here's my interview with Jonathan Kim, author of Can a Laptop Really Replace Your iPad? Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jonathan. Thank you very much for having me. Can you first introduce yourself and kind of what's your relationship to the iPad, how you use it on a regular basis? My name is Jonathan Kim. I've been a writer for several years now. At first, focusing mostly on movie reviews and the movie industry and the intersection of movies with politics and current events. But recently, I've been writing a lot more about the tech industry, primarily through the lens of Apple. It's a company that I've loved and followed for a very long time and sort of looking at the tech industry based on what Apple does and also what they don't do. Awesome. And then you caught my radar, my attention from a Medium post that you put out. Can a laptop really replace your iPad? And that kind of reminded me back to, I think it was Horse Dead, you did a uh, video back in 2015 about the iPad and it's kind of its advantages over the, the laptop form factor. What kind of inspired you to write this article at this point in time? Basically, since the iPad Pro was released in 2015, you know, this has been this very consuming question for tech journalism, which is, uh, can an iPad replace your laptop? I was kind of watching this from a, from a distance. I didn't have an, an iPad. And so, you know, it was really kind of an academic discussion to me, but it's something I was kind of curious about. And then this year, uh, in 2019, the new iPad Air came out. 
And this really seemed to hit a, a sweet spot for me in terms of the iPad, just kind of with its mix older hardware, which kind of allowed the price to get cheaper, but then also a lot of new features that have been coming out on iPads in the intervening years since it came out. So I decided, okay, well, I'm, I'm curious to see whether there is a place in my life for an iPad. And also I have an iMac and then I have a 2012 MacBook Air, which has been sort of like my travel computer and maybe like my couch computer and stuff. And so I was wondering, well, you know, I wonder if an iPad can replace that laptop. And, you know, while my laptop is still working, you know, this would be a chance to experiment with it. And even if it couldn't completely replace it, then, you know, at least for games and, you know, for GarageBand and a few other kind of more fun uses, you know, then I could just sort of use it for that. As I've kind of delved into this more, it kind of made me realize, I think this question is backwards about whether an iPad can replace a laptop. I think really the question is for most people, especially younger people, is going to be, can a laptop replace your iPad? Because there are so many unique things that the iPad could do. The app ecosystem is so much more robust and fun and I guess I'd say interesting. Question will be, what does a Mac actually offer someone who has grown up only using iOS and iPad? And I think the number of things that the Mac can do that the iPad can't are going to be pretty limited and mostly involve like really kind of hardcore work stuff, which most people uh, really don't do. Yeah. And I believe you have a pretty similar computer for my laptop, at least. I have a 2011 11-inch MacBook Air and yours is just a year newer. Mine got cut off from OS updates last year, but I think this year you finally get cut off. Is that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get cut off. And also, I, you know, I made the mistake when I got that MacBook Air that I got, a, uh, I think, only 125 gigs of storage. Yep, so now me I'm too. like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm having the problem of not having enough room to install the newest updates. So this one maybe is just done for, for that reason and will just be sort of like, you know, preserved in amber. And I'm, I'm trying to think about like, what could be a good use for, for that now. But it's going to be a really interesting question if I'm ever going to get another MacBook, whether right. the iPad will be able to do all of that or whether, you know, I'm going to be someone who has an iPhone, an iPad, a MacBook, and an iMac, which yeah. seems kind of like a lot, but maybe the, you know, I'll still find that the laptop, the form function and whatever is still enough that, that I'm going to feel like I really need to get that. One question I do have, uh, so you got the 2019 Air. Did you grab a smart keyboard with it or what's kind of the setup you're using with that? I did get the smart keyboard. I was curious about that. Obviously, there's a lot of cheaper Bluetooth keyboards out in the world. I really loved this idea that it didn't have to be charged and didn't have to be paired. And that really does seem to be uh, a terrific thing to just be able to pull them apart, put them back together, not have to worry about charging it and everything and just kind of having it ready to go. I've had no problems with the feel of the keyboard itself. I also like the idea that it's so kind of like crumb proof and everything. That right. It has like that that fabric that there aren't any gaps in it and everything. Cool. And then Apple Pencil, did you dive in with that yet or holding off for that one? I'm holding off for that one. I used to draw when I was much younger, but I don't see myself doing it now. My wife is really curious about getting the pencils. Also, she's thinking about, about getting an iPad because in the past, she's done grading on papers by writing on documents on mm -hmm. her iPad. I guess the question that she needs to figure out is how well it works with her grading software. And maybe you know the answer to this. Is there 
actually good or standardized handwriting to text conversion for the iPad. I don't think I've heard that it is something within the system. There are some third-party keyboards that kind of build that into it. I personally have had mixed experiences with that. And I think if she's able to grade with her own handwriting, just being kind of on the graded things versus trying to translate, that would probably be the better approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'm not sure if like, if she has scans of the, the papers or whatever, you could very easily with iPad OS do the system-wide writing over anything on your screen, kind of markup style. And then there's a number of PDF annotation apps that would be good at that if she's working within PDF formats. Okay. It'll be interesting, I mean, because I think that'll be some of the question of if and when she gets the iPad is how well all of that will work. Because she also sometimes uses sort of standardized answers Mm-hmm. or standardized comments, which is easy. She can just kind of copy and paste in and everything. Yep. So it'll be an experiment, I suppose. Yeah, okay. So something I want to dive into, I just started up for my Patreon a uh, kind of look back at the origins of the iPad, and, and we'll be going through the years. And I came across uh, some of the John Gruber wrote back New Year's Eve 2009, right before the iPad was released. I think it's kind of pertinent to this discussion. So I just want to read this quote real quick here. This is from John Gruber. And so in answer to my central question regarding why buy the tablet, if you already have an iPhone and a MacBook, my best guess is ultimately the tablet is something you'll buy instead of a MacBook. I say they're swinging big, redefining the experience of personal computing. It will not be pitched as such by Apple. It will be defined by three or four of its built-in primary apps. But long-term, big picture, it will be to the MacBook what the Macintosh was to the Apple II. So my question now, 10 years later, is are we at the point where you think most people can skip the MacBook except for a few special people? (laughs) I guess, will Apple start pitching? Apple has started pitching, I guess, as a replacement to the MacBook versus before they didn't. I would say that Gruber in this case was partially right. I guess it, it depends on how one defines redefining the experience of personal computing iPad redefines it um, from the MacBook in terms of like, now you're touching the thing, you know, you're you're touching the screen. So in that case, that is a big difference. The long battle of files, uh, it seems that the files have won out and that is returning. (laughs) Yeah, that files are a standard enough use or or is something that even regular people will use. Because I guess that's something that it's been in my movie reviews, but also so much in my tech stuff is always kind of looking at it from the outside. It's probably a personal thing of me always kind of feeling like I'm I'm on the outside. So I, I kind of observe things as an outsider. In terms of like redefining the the experience of personal computing, if you look at it in terms of what do regular people use computers for? As I was writing my article, I watched the original iPad introduction that Steve Jobs did. And in that, he talks about what would be the purpose of the iPad. That was when he wasn't talking about it being a replacement for your laptop. He talked about it as being a third category of device that fits between the iPhone and the MacBook. And he said, okay, so if it's going to inhabit this third slot, it needs to be able to do some things better than the laptop can. And the things that he listed are web browsing, email, photos, video, music, games, and ebooks. And he said, like, this is really what the iPad will be for. And these are things that it can do better than the laptop as well or better than the laptop. And if you look at that list, that's basically what regular people do with their computers. Right. 
I, with the exception maybe of, of music and eBooks, because, you know, people don't want to have to like sit down at their computer to read a book or play a game unless it's like a heavy duty game where you want like a keyboard and like a gaming mouse and stuff like that. So I think in that sense, it's not redefining the uses of a personal computer before the iPad. This is what people used laptops and PCs for is that they use them really just for very simple things like web browsing and email and looking at photos and stuff like that. Yeah. We can, we can all think of like a, a lot of people, especially older people who, you know, they, you know, as computers and the internet became a bigger thing, they got computers, but largely didn't like them or were afraid of them. Yeah. They're afraid they're going to break them. Yeah. You know, the, the idea that every time there was like a Microsoft update, it would strike fear in people's hearts. They were using PCs, but really didn't like them and kind of used them as little as possible. But then when the iPad came out, they moved to the iPad, basically stopped using their PC and loved their iPad. Yeah. And something going back to the files app, they finally did with iPad OS is got rid of something that still exists on the Mac is, oh no, I unplugged this hard drive without dismounting it first that's not a part of ipad s you, you just unplug it whenever you want and there are no it's built into how i guess the os communicates with that external device to not break it in any way yeah and, and i guess they have some sort of like it's either like an antivirus check on it or it's just that it only allows you to open certain types of files and not the types of file i believe this is true it doesn't let you open the site the types of things that might have viruses or malware. So it kind of limits the number of things that uh, the, the types of files that, that it can open. And I think really, in my mind, this goes to the fact that like, even regular people get emails with attachments, and that that's not a power user feature. And so there, there just needs to be a place for these things to go where people can find them. And that sometimes people want to transfer files over, and they don't want to, do, for whatever reason, they don't want to do it over email. Like, for a lot of people, email and text has basically become like a virtual thumb drive, you know, yeah. instead of having to like just walk a thing over, you're like, oh, okay, I'll just like send it to myself and it'll be there. Totally. Yeah. That's definitely a thing people do. So kind of going back to the iPad versus Mac in today's environment, what jobs do you see being on the move over to the iPad that you yourself were doing on the Mac before? If you don't mind, maybe I'll, I'll do sort of like the, the other side of that question, yeah. which is like, the, what are the be what are the better jobs for Macs? Yep. The main things would be, you know, basically what Macs are, are best for now, which is like jobs that need tons of computing power and like cooling, <laughs> like programming, rendering, and like hardcore games. So like that's one category. Also things that need like really sort of like precise controls and things that maybe the pencil isn't that well suited for. Mm -hmm. But something else that I've really been thinking a bit more about since I wrote the article is uh, screen size. That screen size is really one of the, the biggest factors and differentiators of like why you would want a Mac over an iPad. I have a 27 inch 5K iMac which like all I'm doing is writing. I don't need all that extra computing power and stuff like that. I just like the big screen. I can make the text bigger. I can have windows open side by side. I can have lots of other windows and little apps kind of peeking out from things. A lot of times when I start writing, I make a, a separate desktop that just has like a web browser window, my Microsoft Word window, Apple Music, and messages in case, you know, someone writes to me. You know, it, it's really just about the usability of this, of the larger screen. And so there, there will, I think there will always be things 
that will benefit from having a larger screen, you know, and thinking about like, well, you know, could you take an iPad and just plug a bigger screen into it? That could work. But then there's the issue of like, you still need to, you know, if you're still using the iPad screen to touch on, you're still gonna have to be looking down at that screen. Yeah, it'd be a situation of the accessibility mouse that's now available. Right. Yeah. Either that or maybe just the iPad becomes just like a huge trackpad. Right. Yeah. And you just lay it flat and you do and you do stuff on it like that, like that. So those, I think, are the better jobs for Macs and maybe a reason why, you know, the Mac will continue on. But it'll be kind of more of a work machine, something that that is there for like designated big jobs. Like I said, that a lot of people won't ever need to or want to do. And then in terms of like what's better for iPads, more or less everything else, day-to-day computing stuff, and then also things that make use of portability, movability, battery life, things that use the cameras and things that use accelerometers. Within that, you put in a whole bunch of like fun games or AR things, or, you know, I think of like an app like Starwalk, where you point your your iPad or your phone up at the night sky at a star or planet or whatever, and it gives you information and shows you constellations and things like that. Could a Mac ever do that? And would you even want it to? Would you want to pick up your laptop and like and like hold it up in the air? Yeah, I think that iPads will basically kind of take over everything else. And and especially if people don't necessarily want to, to sit at a desk mm-hmm. and do things, especially just from an ergonomic point of view, it's better to kind of have your head up. Yeah, I agree with that. It's kind of funny th- you saying that. I'm thinking back to like school days where you have a textbook and your notebook next to you where you're just looking down and writing all day long. I'm trying to think ergonomically, has that been horrible or <laughs> for generations now yeah I mean, I mean like sometimes you you would see them but like you could buy it kind of like an easel or like a foldable it looked it looked a little bit like a music stand kind of thing and you could put a book you know into one of those but you know you didn't really see that that much and people didn't really have them on their desks. it was just kind of like a a school gadget that you might bring and, and have it be kind of a fun thing but even that isn't necessarily so great because you're probably flipping pages a lot more it's not often that you just want one right. page yeah. open static and just sitting there it, it does make me think of another flaw in this question of like can an ipad replace a laptop for the most part these articles have talked about it in terms of functionality and ui mm-hmm. you know is that is, is that the big difference but i really think that screen size is one of the bigger differences because you know like you know, could you switch from, you know, from your PC to an iPad as big of a question is, is something that you like to do on a big screen? Could you do it on a much smaller screen? Yeah. It's a question of, do you need a thousand windows or would you be more focused on having the two or three windows you can have up on an iPad screen? Yeah. Could you do it, but would you want to do it? You know, I have my big iMac. Could I do the work, the same work on it that I do on my 11 inch MacBook Air? I could, it just wouldn't be what I'd like. If you love the Mac and are comfortable using it and have been using it for years and you like how it works, why would you switch to the iPad if you didn't have to? And, you know, the main reason would be like, if you just really love the iPad form factor, you really think the touch interface is cool and you're able to completely replicate your Mac experience. But it's like, why would you do that if there's still Macs around? It's always seemed like kind of like a question that is always going to be answered the same way, especially for people who grew up with PCs. Why am I asking myself this question? Yeah. It's funny. I was about to say price point, but iPads are creeping up and up in cost depending on what model you get. But you you know, you know can still get lower cost models as you, you found with the Air. But yeah, the question is why 
do you want to learn something new or do you want to stay with the same old way of doing things? Yeah, that, that's a valid question. Like, you already know how to do something. Why relearn? The question changes for kids that grew up on iPads, right? Yeah, exactly. I mentioned in my article that iPad commercial that so infuriated so many like nerds and techies and stuff, the what's a computer ad where the little girl is riding her bike around and using her iPad for all these different things like communicating with friends and reading a comic book and doing homework and like drawing and things like that. And at the end, you know, uh, a neighbor says like, oh, what are you doing on your computer? And the girl says, what's a computer? People were so furious about <laughs> right. this. Like, I, like exactly why is hard to figure that, you know, that Apple was painting this world where like a kid doesn't know what a computer is or that or, or whether it's just it's like defensiveness of like, are you saying that like the Mac is going away? Do you think of like what this kid is like the iPad is a computer, but the kid just thinks like most kids, it's like it's just my iPad. Like this is like the computer is the iPad. The iPad is a computer. I don't know what the difference is. Is there a difference? The iPad is the iPad. Yeah, it's like uh, a parent walks into your room. You're playing the PlayStation 4. What are you doing on your computer there? Uh, it's. It's my PlayStation, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I mean, I, I think that the the iPad just, it can encompass so much in a person's life. And it's, I think especially for a kid, it is essentially a gaming console. When a kid is young, you know, I have two nephews and, and two nieces. And you watch how kids grow up using the iPad. They know how it works. They know how to move around it. And I think that as they get older and older, they'll start to use it for more things. And then eventually they're going to start using it for homework, which is basically a kid's verse, you know, the first work that kids do, you know, they'll start learning some new apps. And then for me, and it's a question that I kind of asked in my article was then, you know, at what stage of school will a kid need to move to a Mac? And I think for the most part, the question is going to be never, especially if the heaviest work they're going to need to do is essentially writing papers, you know, where it's not like, okay, you need some like, heavy design app, you need Photoshop, although Photoshop is coming to the iPad, mm -hmm. or you're doing like CAD stuff or computer graphics, game development, whatever it is. But there isn't like a huge limit on what the iPad can do and will be able to do. I mean, we're already seeing that in terms of computing power, it's a monster. It's like so much more powerful than there is software that exists to run on it. Apple has so much overhead. There doesn't seem to be much limit. It's just going to come down to, I think, Sort of like, you know, the big thing will be coming down to, once again, screen size and ergonomics and also, I guess, kind of fine control. But then, you know, you throw in, you know, mouse support now that takes away a lot of that problem. You know, you can't have, you know, like pixel perfect kind of control with that if you have a, you know, if you're able to use a mouse. What I really think is that people who use the Mac just because they like the interface and the form factor and stuff like that, when they could do the same things on an iPad but they just choose to use the Mac just because they're familiar with it and they like it, they're going to die. <laughs> like they're just going to die. They're going to, they're going to die out. Like those people aren't going to be around. You know, it's like I've used a Mac since I was a kid. I know how it works and I just like it better than using an iPad. They are quickly being replaced by people who have only used iPads and they'll look at a Mac and be like, what does that do that my iPad can't do? And like I said, unless you're running like heavier software or doing very pixel precise work or just want a really large screen, 
if you don't need any of those things, then you're just not going to have it. You're not going to see the value in it. Like it's not a perfect analogy, but it kind of reminds me of like, I have a, a friend who does like really heavy, like graphics work and like knows a ton about computers. And like several years ago, we built Hackintoshes together. I mean, he, like, I basically, I watched him do it and try to try to just like do what he was doing. And at one point I wanted to give him like a Microsoft Word file for some reason. And he was like, I don't have Microsoft Office. And I was thinking like, what? Everyone has Microsoft <laughs> Office. That's just like a basic thing that you need on a computer, right? Yeah. But he doesn't write. All his writing is probably done in emails. Right. And so a thing that I was like, oh, this is just everybody needs to be able to do this. This is basic computer stuff. I was like, oh, not for everybody. He's not writing essays or whatever it is. And so I think that for a lot of Mac people are like, well, but you have to be able to resize all your windows. You have to have all these different things open. You have to have all of this. I think for a lot of people, that's simply not true. Yeah. And that's going to become more and more true, especially with people don't ever even really see an example of like why that would be useful. Or, you know, I'm sure to someone who grew up on the iPad to look at, at like a Mac user's what their screen looks like. They're like, this is a mess. How do you get anything done on this? Everything is like all stacked willy nilly on top of each other. There's no order to this. That's one of those things where some people see as a pro, some people see as a con, in which case they're never going to match up. Whereas a Mac person will be like, oh, what I love about it is that there's all this customizability and I can move anything everywhere and have a gajillion things open. As we've seen like for casual users, especially if you think about like older people, that amount of customizability is a con, not a pro. Yeah. Now, something that you said in the article is one of your frustrations when trying to work on the air was juggling between a lot of different apps. Does the new approach to slide over and iPad OS change anything for you? Is having a little iPhone on top of your iPad kind of get what you need done done as far as managing all those little tiny utility kind of apps like messages and things like that? I think it definitely will. I mean, it, it'll just make the the quick access to things easier. In a way, that's what's great about the Mac is that you really can, you know, it, it's only a click away to get into another app that you need to reach. Whereas what I was finding when I was using the iPad was that it really meant stopping completely what you were doing and either having something take over the full screen. If you had that other app that you needed in slide over, that was great. But if you needed to get another one, that basically meant disrupting everything, having to pull up the dock and then kind of slowly move the app onto the, you know, pulling the icon onto the screen and then waiting for it to kind of fill in the thing. This is taking more time. This is taking extra steps. I'd rather just be able to just move my pointer over, click on a thing and I'm there and I haven't completely replaced everything. And especially when when you're writing, there's this idea of, you know, there's this flow where it's like, all right, the ideas are coming, the words are coming, I don't want to have to disrupt this. And just the idea of like, I want to like, switch songs, and having that be a, having be this thing where it's like, okay, I have to, you know, all of a sudden, my writing is gone from the screen, or it's like, I need to do this other, you know, kind of more precise thing of pulling the app up that I found unpleasant. At the same time, I think that if you were a younger person where this is the only way that you ever knew how to do it, you'd be doing this really fast and it wouldn't be disruptive to you. Yeah. And you may even just tell Siri to play the song you're thinking about. Yeah, exactly. But also the fact that, you know, now obviously with iPadOS coming out, this problem that I was having earlier in the year is going to be, you know, to some degree solved later in the year. And I think that that's going to just continue to be true over and over again. I mean, I think a lot of in this year's WWDC, it kind of reminds me of the, I think it's a line from, from The Godfather where it's like, 
like all family businesses being settled where it's like all of these like all of the nerd and tech uh, journalism complaints that have you know for ipad we are addressing all of them right now it reminds me of the keynote we got third-party keyboards in ios like all these things we just thought would would never happen happened right yeah i mean the like the the joke of like of, of the the apple finally you know people are like oh finally we have this you know whatever but it's good for there to be people to to have like small numbers of like really serious nerds and enthusiasts and stuff pulling apple hard in one direction and on the other side you have people you know really average consumers who don't care who don't watch apple keynotes and stuff but it's nice to have people pulling on the side the iPad has plenty of space where it can be literally like a child's plaything, but it could grow with the child where as the child gets older, they'll just learn more and more of what it can do. I think it's a Larry Ellison quote where he was talking about computers and about like how people use computers. You want to turn on a light and then someone wants to explain to you how electricity works. It's like, no, I just want to be able to turn on the light. That's a really great analogy. And I think that the iPad is really just, you want the light on, press this and the light goes on and you don't have to worry about electricity anymore. And I think that's what most people want. There's people who really love the fact that you can fix your own car. Most people just want to take it to a mechanic, tell me how much it costs, don't rip me off too terribly and I'm fine with it. I don't ever want to know how it works. I just want it to work. It's fine for there to be iPad things that are inspired by the Mac. And vice versa. Yeah. You know, but whether they need to be the same thing or to have one of them essentially destroy the other one, that doesn't seem necessary, that they could just be different things for different people. But I think the thing is that the, the number of people who are going to use Macs are, is just going to get smaller. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting about all this future computing, iPad, Macs, all that kind of good stuff. Where can people find your work online? Primarily, uh, the best places to look are on Medium and Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, Rethink Reviews on Medium. It's medium.com slash at Rethink Reviews. And uh, that's where I'm doing uh, most of my writing now. And, and when I write something new, I put it up on Twitter. And uh, I guess I also have a Facebook page if you still want to do a, a Rethink Reviews Facebook page as well. But uh, Medium and Twitter are the best places. Great. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for your time today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros. You can find the show notes over at iPadPros.net. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast.gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at iPadProsPodcast. And as mentioned at the top of the episode, you can support the podcast over at Patreon.com slash iPadPros. Thank you for your time and attention today. Talk to everyone again real soon.